Hello, and thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Appreciate you guys tuning into this episode and uh, checking it out. I, uh, I wanted to talk today about some of the, the information that's been coming out about NFTs. Um, and it's kind of been a, a big a big bit of news in the digital art market, at least in the last couple of weeks or something. And it might be a, a short-term bubble, but I thought I'd talk about it a little bit. It's these, uh, these non-fungible tokens in this uh, kind of a weird and sort of abstract idea that uh, I don't think we've really sort of seen explored yet. It's going to definitely make sense of the future, probably for digital spaces or something like that. But it's also kind of a strange idea. Uh, these NFTs, these non-fungible tokens are uh, these uh, kind of blockchain-backed tokens of pieces of art built into a smart contract so you can have information about it. And it's, I guess, uh, it's proof of origin to the owner. And this is supposed to be what makes it valuable and unique. And these go up on markets and art collectors are purchasing these pieces of digital art to be unique pieces of digital art or at least have the unique ownership of that token of digital art. And I guess they're going up in value. There's a few different people that have made like a lot of money trying to sell these uh, these uh, NFT pieces of rare art that they're creating. And it'll be interesting to kind of see how it plays out. I also think it's kind of related to the big big boost that we've seen in Ethereum and, uh, and Bitcoin in the last couple of months where people had, I guess, like a lot of a lot of money or a lot of assets in Ethereum and Bitcoin, and they were able to uh, put that over into these collectible pieces of art and see that, I guess, grow in value also. I think William Shatner put out a, uh, an NFT collection of collectible pieces of art through his career that the NBA put out Top Shots, which is like a, a, a collectible highlight reel of different different pieces of uh the games this year i guess uh there's different like trading cards and stuff that have come out different uh, like video game tools or like video game assets that you can buy and then transfer in a wallet to the game and then apply like i don't know special armor special tools or special swords or something like that um for for video game play stuff and, and that kind of makes sense in a like a digital world you buy an asset that you would want to have in it and then it would it would do something uh but it's interesting though in the in the art market i think uh like grimes put out some piece of digital artwork or some collection of digital artwork and it sold for not millions of dollars uh, i think uh like Lindsay lohan put out just a picture of herself with an ethereum diamond in front of her face that sold for seventeen thousand dollars the band uh kings of leon was the first to put out an NFT album, an NFT collectible, I guess collectible band memorabilia around it or something. But uh, the the I think it was through like Yellowheart.io was this company they partnered with to do an NFT release of their uh, their album, which is interesting, and uh, it'll be interesting to kind of see how how they uh, kind of control that stuff into the future. But uh, yeah, they definitely like hit the that moment when the NFT story was was popping. Um, so I'd heard about it like a few weeks ago. I've also heard it about a few years ago. I, I think uh, like back in 2019, I talked a little bit about the distributed apps and the, the interplanetary file system stuff that uh, that has been uh, kind of being developed. And it's different. NFTs are different. It's definitely more blockchain, but uh, kind of related stuff about uh, 
about using some of the distributed web stuff to do some interesting, I guess, kind of distributed sales and tools and stuff. But it's cool that uh, this has kind of taken off. It'll be interesting to sort of see what's going on. It's getting a lot of attention by digital artists as an opportunity to be a new avenue to sell art and to have an evaluation of collectible art. And it'll be cool if it kind of does take off. And uh, it's probably like early days. Like it was sort of weird and abstract to talk about Bitcoin early on. It's probably still too weird and abstract to talk about NFTs and unique pieces of digital art as having equity in the digital virtual reality space. Maybe that'll make more sense in 15 years, but right now it sort of seems like, what? I don't understand what, the, what, what even to do with that, uh, which is, you know, kind of where I'm at. I don't really understand how you like uh, how you get the real equity in a digital asset like that. If you can just duplicate it and copy it um, again and again, even though you have like a smart contract that does say you're the original owner, I kind of get for some evaluation of it, but still it just sort of seems like that it doesn't really have to hold that much value. Um, but for collectors and stuff, it's kind of an interesting way to see it. What I've uh, been looking at was a couple of ways that photographers have been trying to apply this to set up their sets of photos or uh, say like a collection of photos in uh, like a, a, an ebook or something like that, or even like physical goods where they have a, a smart contract set up to, to have a print delivered uh, to the individual who purchases it along with the NFT that I think is just the blockchain ledger record of original ownership or something. Um, so it's kind of interesting how, I guess, how they're, they're laying that out. I haven't really seen anybody be specifically successful with, uh, with any one way of doing it yet. And that would be interesting to sort of see what happens. I was looking at Trey Ratcliffe. He's, uh, he's kind of been in the digital photo environment for, I don't know, what, about 10 years or something like that. Big in HDR stuff. It's okay. And successful, pushes a lot of work, sells it to a lot of good spots, a lot of good prints and stuff out there. He's setting up an NFT gallery of some of his prints to be limited run collectible. So you can go in and select in a gallery and get, I don't know, whatever it is that that smart contract, I guess, kind of sets you up for. Maybe it's a specific print. Maybe it's just that, uh, like, whatever digital version as a locked content piece that you get there. But you can purchase it and then have that out as a collectible. And it sort of makes sense for... Uh, a lot of artists in that sense. That's sort of uh, something similar to what I'm going to try and do where I'm going to set up a, a gallery of some of my photographs in a limited run as NFTs in their only run as those NFTs and then put them on a market um, to see how they, they work. But generally that just sort of seems like, uh, like an analog to the same function that you do for like a stock photography market where you'd buy a photo, receive the file and have rights to use that photo. Uh, or if you were just going to buy a photo or a digital print off of my website or something like that and then receive that. It's just sort of like a, it seems in a way another analog to kind of achieve that same thing. Um, what's interesting is if uh, if it kind of goes into a further space where uh, where you're getting some kind of digital asset that you're applying to a, let's say, like a virtual reality art theater that you have. <laughs> This is, the, the, I guess, kind of one of the, the notions that you're supposed to uh, go along with in the future is you'll have some sort of like augmented reality uh, glasses, say, that will show different digital art pieces along your walls in your house as you go around or a VR environment where you can move to 
a whole virtual environment that shows your, uh, I don't know, your sports cards collection, or you move to another room and it's your digital art pieces or your, I don't know, whatever other pieces you collect as NFTs. And then you have those as unique pieces. And I guess that's where you'd see more of the value. I think in some ways it's going to be kind of a, a bubble since it, uh, it doesn't really seem to hold as tightly to the value of stuff on the blockchain. It's kind of difficult to even sort of get the abstraction of the value of Ethereum or, or of Bitcoin. And since you're not really uh, infusing the piece of art with that, it's kind of difficult to have that, I guess, kind of stay together. Or it seems like something that's sold for a really high price could suddenly drop and be really almost valueless if there's no other buyer in the market to buy it again. So it seems like right now there's a lot of liquidity in it because there's a lot of art collectors with a lot of Ethereum cash that are trying to do sort of a quick flip of stuff to see collectible items escalate in value. And so there's going to be some risks and some some big winners in that, and they'll probably come out on top if they do the investment right. But as it is for like a real collectible piece that you intend to, I guess, keep or, you know, really have and do something with, um, I don't I don't really know if I see how it's going to play out, at least in the short term. Um, so it'll be kind of interesting. I was, I was listening on Clubhouse. It's a, it's like a newer app. Probably most people have heard of it in some way by now, but uh, it's kind of a newer app. And uh, it's like a audio like group messaging thing. Well, we're outside of messaging. I think it's like a group chat, but voice. It's silly, kind of. Um, it's kind of like a conference call. So I've kind of just been listening in on a few of them. Everybody talks about Bitcoin and crypto and and in this case, like NFTs on that, it's kind of full of people getting into it. And I sort of hear a lot of nonsense on that channel, mostly. Uh, when I was listening in on, on some of their ideas and stuff, it seemed like they, they were a little detached from like kind of the realities of what it is to put it together and, and kind of move it along. And uh, I might sound that way, too, if you hear this. But, um, but it was kind of interesting to sort of try and pick up on what they were thinking. And it, it seems like... Um, I don't know, people are hopeful that this is going to be a big change. And it probably will in the long run be something that sticks around. Uh, but in the format that it is right now, I think it's going to adjust. I think there's going to be uh, some sort of leveling in the in the market. And there's going to be certainly some winners in the collectible space. And it's not really like a, uh, an even uh, kind of marketplace yet to sort of, or to, I don't know, really understand like the value of goods and stuff. So it, I don't know. We'll see how it is. One interesting part of it, or one kind of strange part, is sort of the inefficiency of some of it. Now, I'm talking about like the Ethereum blockchain, and it seems like most NFTs that are being bought and sold and traded in the collectible space right now are kind of moving across the Ethereum blockchain through the marketplaces like OpenSea is sort of the one that I kind of primarily see, um, or Rarible, or there's like a known origin or a couple others that are out there that are uh, pretty interesting and they have some nice pieces and some of them are kind of um, uh, like invite only where you have to be sort of a known artist or have some sort of connection or have some group review your art so that it goes up and is of some state of quality. And it's cool to be in that marketplace. It's sort of a, a superheated marketplace right now with a lot of uh, attention and a lot of liquid Bic, you know, a lot of liquid, um, I guess, asset in Ethereum to kind of buy that at a higher value than what you kind of, I guess, think it would maybe be worth. And uh, so it's kind of cool that an artist can maybe get their pieces in there and perhaps sell something. But it's also, um, it's interesting because there's 
gas fees related to it. I'm not sure um, if you're if you're kind of familiar with the way that Ethereum transactions work. I'm really not completely. I don't I don't really understand how they change it. Uh, it used to be much cheaper to 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 pay. You have your transaction and that's a fee, and then you have what it what it costs to do the work of making that transaction. That's the gas that it does to like transact that on the blockchain. And um, so to pay this Ethereum gas, it used to be really kind of a relatively low fee because Ethereum was valued at a low value. So whatever it's, and it was also kind of a lower yield of people trying to demand transactions on the network. And I guess the, the, the market demand for it is what kind of increases its value. So all of a sudden now um, the gas fee to mint an NFT on Ethereum is somewhere around $100. It was like $80, it was $90, it was $124. The lowest I've seen it in the last two weeks is somewhere around $65 for just one NFT if you're minting it. And uh, and that's just the creation of it. Um, so I guess it just sort of seems like it's a, and it which would have once been, I should mention, which would have once been like, a few dollars or maybe max ten dollars or something like that and now with the escalation of that demand and the gas fees now it's like nearly a hundred bucks so uh, just the way that it kind of works to put an item as an nft into a marketplace just seems uh, a little bit too costly and it's sort of like to what end is am i doing anything with that work um, so it's cool it just should be maybe perhaps a more efficient way of getting that transaction accomplished uh, like there's other blockchains that can kind of do perhaps like the same uh, ledger task and record things cryptographically in the blockchain so that you do have proof of uh, like uh, unique ownership or you know the the unique creation date um, but you could do that perhaps for like a cheaper gas fee if you're doing it on uh, some kind of you know collectible blockchain so that's kind of the idea. I guess I was thinking about that. I was looking at the the ghostmarket.io, and that's um, uh, another marketplace site that I uh, put up a couple of my photos as NFTs, and that runs on a different blockchain, like the the Phantasma blockchain. And so it's really almost costless to put up an NFT on that page. Like you know, if you like, I don't know. 10 cents or 20 cents or something like that, I guess is what it would evaluate to. And it uses the same sort of system. We're using a, a crypto coin to run the transaction onto the blockchain and mint the NFT uh, in the same kind of ledger process with the same kind of file asset or unlockable and stuff. Um, but it's just like using, um, using a different cryptocurrency. And then I guess, and I'm still kind of confused on how this works, but I guess it's supposed to be um, compatible with Ethereum, where you're able you're able to transfer that into your crypto wallet and then out to an Ethereum wallet or back onto the Ethereum blockchain. You'd have to kind of pay for a transfer or something there, but I guess it's supposed to be interoperable. Uh, I don't know how that works though. It's kind of like uh, it's a little bit mysterious to me, um, but I've been kind of interested in it. I'm trying to work on it. So what I'm going to try and do this week is uh, set up like a gallery of NFT photos from some of my portfolio stuff. And uh, maybe I'll try and put that as, as a link on my website or uh, just as a link that I have available. But yeah, I've been trying to kind of debate my, or a little bit between uh, trying to set it up with, uh, with OpenSea, which is probably the site that I would use if I was setting up NFTs with the ethereum blockchain um but uh, but yeah like i was mentioning there's just that that heavy 
Ethereum gas fee that seems right now to be around 80 to $90 just to mint one. Um, on OpenSea, they have a process called lazy minting that, uh, that allows you to pay just once the first time to set up your first NFT in your account on OpenSea. And so you pay around $80 for your first minting through that process. But then after that, as you list things for sale, it will, it will do it as a lazy mint. So that means that you don't pay the, the Ethereum gas fee until someone purchases that, that listing on the OpenSea marketplace. And then it's minted into an NFT and then it's owned, I guess, by the purchaser there. And I think it's set so that the buyer pays the gas fee I guess included in the price of your item or something. And um, there are, I guess, like some circumstances, if you take like a low bid offer, then the seller pays the gas fee in it. Um, but it, but doing that process, you're, you're not, if you make a gallery of it, uh, you're, not, uh, you're not actually finalizing and minting the NFT until the time that the item sells. So you, if you perhaps don't sell many of those items, they aren't ever minted into NFTs. They do, though, however, uh, list on the marketplace. And I guess that's kind of a big benefit um, generally is that you're trying to list on one of the bigger marketplaces to get your artwork seen. A lot of the artwork I see right now is like um, digital artwork created on the phone or through, through some digital manipulation, sort of with like a Cinemagraph tool, like Cinemagraph Pro. Uh, sort of makes like uh, like a still picture have some sort of flowing motion elements in it. Uh, I've seen like a, a lot of that sort of stuff or a lot of like kind of GIFs where there's sort of a couple seconds of a rotating sculpture in a digital video, you know? I don't know. It's kind of interesting to see the types of things that are purchased as art collectibles right now. Uh, so it's kind of interesting. What I do see though is that it really seems that the artists that are selling things are artists with a big market following you know they have like a larger instagram or twitter or art marketplace network already i think like some of the artists that i'd seen uh, perform successfully in selling their nfts in the collectible market were already involved in like the the art the like high-end fine art art market um with high-end art collectors already that are kind of moving into this digital space and they have a manager and they have agents and they have a marketing program kind of already laid out for the launch of the NFT collectible product. Uh, and so it sort of seems like they're already prepared to, to kind of make listing or, you know, like list that and advertise it to, you know, 250,000 people that would kind of potentially be in that uh, collector's uh, position. And they're already kind of at a higher tier position I guess in that hierarchy anyway. So it's kind of interesting to sort of see how that is and we'll sort of see how it, it starts to take off over time. But, uh, but yeah, I think it's uh, maybe perhaps a bubble for a bit of time. It's cool that like the crypto prices are going up like they are and it's cool that uh, uh, the NFT space kind of exists and that will probably advance into the future and stuff. But I wanted to talk about it a little bit today on the podcast and put out a couple of my thoughts on it. I want to try and fill it out a little bit more in the future. Maybe I'll try and uh, talk a little bit more about that Clubhouse app that I was talking about and some of the NFT gallery stuff that I put together through this week on the next episode. Also some camp stuff. It's pretty time too. But thanks a lot for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. And I'll talk to you again next week.